Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing for Brown. He's got it at the 30, the 20, the 10, the Patriots have won! Welcome back to Touchdown with Tom and Will, off-season weekly, now into episode three of our series. Um, a huge amount to talk about this week, namely the Patriots, after 20 years of Tom Brady, have officially moved on and signed Mr. Cam Newton on a one-year deal. Also, following on from that on the show, we're going to have to discuss um, the whole carousel that led to Cam Newton joining the New England Patriots. Obviously, Tom Brady moving to Tampa Bay. James Winston got moved on to the New Orleans Saints, obviously. And then Teddy Bridgewater took Cam Newton's spot at the Carolina Panthers. And finally, we're going to end the show by kind of discussing, after all that drama of Dak we talked about last week, the top kind of 10 quarterbacks currently on rookie deals and where they're looking to kind of get their first sign over the next three, four years and big, big deals as the contract seems to seemingly just go up. Tom, how's your week been? Yeah, good. Not bad. I'm, I'm excited to chat about this. Literally, I woke up Monday morning. And my phone was absolutely pinging with all these pictures of Cam Newton to the Patriots. And literally since Monday, I've been like itching to get stuck into this podcast to, yeah, to voice my opinions and stuff. So, no, very good. Very exciting news. We say this every week, don't we? That we're never short of things to talk about, even when there's no football on. It's incredible, really. No, exactly, exactly. And I think we should get stuck in. And there's so many angles to start with this. Um, Firstly, Bill Belichick, kind of this kind of maverick who kind of just sat there very quietly, or we might sign a quarterback, we might not sign a quarterback, we're looking at players, all this kind of thing, and then and then signs Cam Newton, former NFL MVP, signs him after having Tom Brady for 20 years, who, let's be honest, isn't exactly a, a mobile, rushing, front-flipping quarterback. <laughs> um, he's just an incredibly reliable, clutch, pocket passer, you know, one of the best to ever do it, arguably. Um, how do you see Cam Newton as a New England Patriot for this next year? It makes suddenly the whole idea of the Patriots being this team that were going to be defeated heavily after the departure of Tom Brady get thrown completely out the window, doesn't it? It just makes them now a watchable team again. I wouldn't even watch them when they were winning everything. Like They were just like, you wouldn't watch their games because you just assumed they would win. And now it's just added this little bit of spice thrown in and... Combined with the idea that Brady's still playing, obviously, in Tampa Bay, there's going to be direct comparisons between him and Cam. The Patriots, the first team ever to lose a former MVP, league MVP, and sign a new one in free agency. That's an incredible stat. And I guess the question for everyone is, how good is Cam Newton going to be? He's had that horrible foot injury for the last, well, last year, and then he was injured also in the year before that. So we haven't really seen the best of Cam for a while now. And, and at his best, though, he is incredible. And yeah. as you sort of alludes to, it's like how well is he going to combine with the likes of Bill Belichick and the sort of really regimented, normal, do-your-job sort of coaching that Belichick has enforced over his time there compared to Cam's sort of bigger than, bigger than life, sort of louder than life, sorry, personality. There's not a lot of personality in the Patriots except for rigidness and no, no I think the Patriots have, they've almost per, they've almost purposely sacrificed personality over the last you could say 20 years and said well we'll lose personality if you give us six Super Bowls and 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 fair enough there's been no drama um they kind of rigid, doggedly just win game after game after game don't really get into 
fourth gear but until the playoffs um, and then always very solid. That's not the kind of attitude Cam Newton brings. He's the person that will make something up on the spot, that, as I said, will flip into the end zone, that will give you a 10-yard run when nothing else is on. But does he have the discipline to play in a Bill Belichick offense? It's so exciting to see. I think Cam Newton is behind the kind of exciting Instagram and he types in stupid fonts and you know all that kind of side to him. I think he's a winner. I think he's a massive, massive winner um, who wants to win games and will very happily knuckle down if that's what he has to do to kind of prove himself again as a kind of top-grade NFL quarterback. Um, as you say, Tom Brady still being in the league makes this such an exciting thing because every game will be compared, their stats will be compared. There's a little video of um, Cam Newton holding a football and he kind of looks down at it and he says Tom Brady is if addressing the football as Tom Brady and then tosses it to the floor. So the talking's already started. I don't know if, I don't know if you saw Tom, um, Cam Newton posted something uh, or yeah, Cam Newton posted something and Edelman uh, comments on it saying can't wait to have you and then Brady comments like I'm still number one did you see that no I didn't see that it's sort, of, sort of weird kind of slightly bitchy behavior from Tom Brady feeling like his like ex has found has moved on um, <laughs> it's it's brilliant I, I love it and Edelman actually one of the more character characterful uh, uh, I like the term characterful characterful it's not a word is it no but I like it it's definitely Ed, Edelman one of the bigger personalities on the Patriots um, probably looking forward to having Cam Newton in that in that squad. Um, and as you've said, Newton's deal is very, very cheap. It's a complete no-risk move from Bill Belichick. One year to prove himself, isn't it? Yeah, no, one, a one-year deal. And he's only guaranteed $500,000, which in this sort of market, we, saw, we talked last week about the stupidly high sort of numbers that quarterbacks and players are being paid these days. Half a million for a former MVP who took his side to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? This is yeah. ridiculous. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's a little bit sad. You sort of look at some of the quarterbacks, some of the backup quarterbacks even, who are getting paid way more than Cam Newton is and haven't achieved nearly as much as him. People like even Taysom Hill playing for the Saints, who isn't even the, maybe even the third string quarterback in New Orleans, getting paid 8.8 .8 million. I suppose he is the sort of the Swiss Army knife, as we say. Marcus Mariota, $7.5 million. And all that's guaranteed. Cam can earn up to $7 million, but it's all about incentives. And I was listening to um, some analysts talking, and he was basically like, these incentives will be win the Super Bowl, do the most yeah. touchdowns ever. And like, they are ridiculously – like, to achieve that $7 million, Cam's going to Cam Newton, Cam Newton if, you're, if you're Cam Newton, if you put it, spin it the other way, would you take – a 500,000 guaranteed deal to the Patriots where if he proves himself, he's then likely to get a long-term contract. He's 31. In the Patriots' kind of age of quarterbacks, Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl at 40, he's in his prime. He's ready to have another you know, good stint of his career at the Patriots. Would you take that 500,000 win or bust deal or a four-year deal at the Jaguars where you're on 15 million, but you're in that kind of organisation? Well, that's such a good point, isn't it? I think, to be fair, as you hinted at earlier, Cam Newton being the winner that he is, He's chosen to go with the Patriots in the hope that he can prove himself again as a winner in a top organization. And it's a real, um, yeah, it's a real win-win situation for Bill Belichick because if he doesn't do as well as they'd have hoped, they haven't really lost any money and maybe they can sign a rookie quarterback in the next draft of which there may be two or three really top quality ones. And if he does pop and he does do really well, then hey, we've, we've got our, our new quarterback. So it's really intriguing. Poor old Jarrett Stidham, who um, he thought maybe he might get a chance at lining up for the Patriots as their starting quarterback. It doesn't look likely. 
anymore. Some some people were saying that he was looking really good. Uh, but he also went to Auburn, of course, which um, is yeah. where Cam Newton was from, which is quite interesting as well. To um, to college, not colleagues as such, but old boys, we'll say. Um, you mentioned how um, Cam Newton, he's sort of larger than life and he's so extroverted online. He is literally the, the king of production at the moment. He's been churning out Instagram videos, Twitter videos yeah. of him working ridiculously hard, like sweating away in the gym, like literally drenched in yeah. sweat working away. And I honestly think that's really played to his favour. A lot of people reflecting on this, um, on this deal have said, oh, Cam's looking good. He's clearly working hard. And it's like, I mean, how clearly is it if it's in a one-minute video? But he's done all that he can to try and sell himself as much as possible. And he's managed to get himself a deal with six-time Super Bowl-winning champions. And I've got to think, if I'm, a, let's say, a Chargers fan or a Jaguars fan, yeah. I know there was he got the Jaguars, you know, they haven't really got a solution right now, but long term they're gonna probably look into draft a quarterback in the future. So the Chargers just picked up Justin Herbert. I'd be saying I wish we'd just taken Cam, honestly, and be ready to kind of have a successful quarterback right now, especially when he's gone this cheap. And I'm not saying that a lesser team, if we can put it like that, would have got him so cheap and if he'd gone to one of those teams so cheap, but I'd have been thinking, wow, the Patriots kind of very casually they waited so long to sort this issue. So long that my next question for you is that two weeks ago we predicted the AFC and you had them finishing third in this division. Do you revise that now? Well, this is it as well. So I honestly don't know because the Patriots aren't the Patriots that they have been in former years. They don't have the sort of deep threat or the wide receiver weapons that some of the other teams in the AFC East have. So you think about in Buffalo, they have Cole Beasley in the slot and then Stefan Diggs over the top, what Cam Newton would do to have receivers like that in his sort of locker at New England. He doesn't have his, his reliable Greg Olsen-type tight end, which he really heavily relied on when he was in Carol- um, Carolina. Yes, Carolina, what am I saying? <laughs> um, why am I doubting that? So, I don't know. And are they, are they the team that they were before? And can they use Cam as, to his best of his abilities? He is, is as you mentioned, more of a dual threat quarterback, not quite the pocket passer that Tom Brady was. Are they going to be able to script up an offense? If anyone can do it, it's probably the Patriots, let's be honest. I still see the Buffalo Bills. This is still their division to lose, in my opinion. Yep, but you've got Bills, Dolphins, Pats. Is that staying like that? Oh, no. (laughs) You see, I had Bills, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins. Um, Well, there you go, Maybe you've surpassed me there. Maybe you, you might have already got a 1-0 up. But you never know, literally. It could be a, it could be a real bust. We haven't seen Cam. My only, my only doubt with Cam, and it's not actually a, a long-term doubt, it's almost a doubt for this year, is that despite all the workout videos and obviously sweating in the gym and all this kind of stuff, he hasn't taken many snaps in the last 12 months. Yeah. And if there's any kind of pre-season, it's going to be extremely shortened this year. They're not doing kind of uh, team workouts in the way they would have been doing before. How much? How long does he have to learn this playbook? How long do the Patriots have to draft up this playbook? Knowing them, they'll be writing it for months, knowing exactly what they were going to do. Um, but it will be interesting to see if actually going to hit the ground running straight away, and maybe it will benefit him. That, as we've already talked about, the other quarterbacks in the AFC East, all under the age of 23, that he actually will get you know a few weeks at the start of the season. Not that it's a long season in the NFL, but a few weeks to kind of find his feet and still have a chance to pick enough wins to put the playoffs in a uh, put the Patriots 
in the playoff position come the end of the season. And what Cam Newton going to the Patriots has done is it's completed this really neat kind of quarterback carousel um, as a check down put it. The closest thing to that in, in football terms, I remember that Arsenal picked up a Bamiang off of Dortmund at the same time shipping Giroud to Chelsea, who at the same time shipped Batsuare to Dortmund. And it was kind of a, a perfect three-way trade. This, as I mentioned at the start of the show, is a four-way trade with Newton going to the Patriots, Brady to the Bucks, Jameis to the Saints, and Teddy Bridgewater to Pat Carolina. They're all very different moves in the way I class. So you've got Newton with one year to prove himself in the Patriots. You've got Brady has nothing to prove. But can he be the final piece to a Tampa puzzle that have been really building over the last couple of years, but haven't quite managed to close out those games with Jameis' picks? Now, talking of Jameis, he's gone to the Saints possibly to learn from Drew Brees, but there's no way he'll be a starter now. But could he be the future of that organization? And then you've got Teddy Bridgewater, who's finally earned himself a starting spot where people think he may have for a number of years. Who do you think has actually got the best uh, deal, I'd say, from this quarterback carousel, Tom? Well, the person for me who's got by far the worst deal has to be Jameis Winston. So he's going to the Saints, as you say, no guarantee of any snaps next year. He's only getting, again, he, like Cam, is on a sort of a minimum contract. I think it's only $1 million he's getting paid, which for a quarterback of his standing, threw 30 touchdowns last year. And he's only getting paid that much to be a backup in um, New Orleans. I'd say he by far has the worst sort of end of the stick. He, he was sort of desperate to get somewhere and he's put it as he wants to learn off Drew Brees and then, yeah, hopefully take the place of the future Hall of Famer at the Saints. I'd say the best deal has to be Teddy Bridgewater for me. Yeah. He's got his opportunity finally being paid to go and start in Carolina. They've got a new coach, Matt Rule, who, um, who can actually in a video said he really respected him and respected the fact that they're just going a different way and that that didn't involve him, which was quite nice to see, very humble of Cam. And he made perfectly clear he didn't want to leave the Panthers, but he just wasn't in their sort of plans. And Teddy Bridgewater now has a chance to make a name for himself, having backed up Drew Brees so well last year. So maybe there is an opportunity with Drew Brees getting older for Jameis to get a chance to, like Teddy Bridgewater, prove himself. I think Teddy... This is your chance to go get it. I think I agree. I think the thing about James Winston, the reason that I don't kind of uh, berate him or think, oh, the reason I think he's had quite a hard time is that we talk a lot about how some of the most talented quarterbacks, some of the rawest quarterbacks coming out of college um, have to go into very tough situations with teams that aren't quite ideal for them. I'm not saying that you have to blame the Buccaneers for what's happened to Winston there because he obviously has thrown a lot of picks, but it can be very tough going from, you know, you're being your college star Heisman winner to having to kind of lead a traditionally failing organization. And if I try and think about some of the quarterbacks that have shone most recently, kind of young quarterbacks that have shone most recently, got the Super Bowls, we're talking Patrick Mahomes, who sat for a year behind Alex Smith. We're talking Jimmy Garoppolo, getting the Super Bowl, who sat for a number of years behind Tom Brady. Um, and the final I was going to mention was Lamar Jackson, uh, who sat for a year behind Joe Flacco. He came in towards the end. But a lot of these quarterbacks, they do benefit from having a bit of time behind a seasoned, successful vet to learn on. And that's my, I think, James Winston, he's still young for a quarterback, could learn a huge amount from Drew Brees and it might prove as useful a year to him as Newton finds it at Patriots. So I don't think Winston necessarily, is, I mean, he'll learn a lot, he won't get too many snaps and that could be the worry is that you have to get some snaps eventually. But Jimmy Garoppolo was signed by the 49ers off having very, very few snaps over four or five years at the Patriots and it still turned out to be a kind of top two quarterback. So you can learn a lot in that time. Hopefully he does. And I really wish the best for 
Winston there. Brady, we had that debate last week. Is it a retirement home or are they playoff bound Buccaneers? I think we honestly won't know until we see the first few games. Um, but if you're a Buccaneers fan, you're incredibly excited. I think um, it was neat when this was completed. Yeah, no, it was. And this sort of this image that the check down shared, it makes you laugh a little bit. You're like, this is actually, yeah, ties up so nicely, doesn't it? Um, you think you talk about good deals and Brady going to the Bucks is a great deal for him, isn't it? He gets to go play with a really good team, actually, with a great coach in Bruce Arians. And he's got his best mate Gronk there as well. So if you think about people who are looking forward to next year the most, it could be Tom Brady even though he's departed his, um, yeah, his favourite Patriots and his best mate, Julian Edelman. But actually, him being at the Bucks, I'm sure that sounds like a really good time. All these, all these players that we've mentioned here, they want to win, though. Like they're, they're, they're not satisfied oh, yeah. with what sort of has happened previously in their careers. They want to make points. They've all got different points to prove, as you mentioned. And so that makes this really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even Brady, to an extent, will feel that... Yeah. I mean, it's very hard to tell a player that's won six Super Bowls got something to prove. But there have been people saying that over the last kind of two, three Super Bowls, the kind of second era when he won three and four years with the Patriots, that other than obviously the Atlanta comeback, which is unreal and you have to give him credit there, that a lot of other good quarterbacks in the division under such a well-coached, well-drilled team with the weapons that the Patriots had over the years and the defense they've had over the years would have had the same success as Brady. And now Brady can be like, right, well, I'm going to go to another team and show you just how good I am by kind of turning them into a winning team, turning them into a playoff team. What would you class as, where on Brady, what would you class as success for Brady this season? Surely it's got to be playoffs. It has to be playoffs. And the Bucks, to be fair, are talking Super Bowl. But yeah. I think you get to the playoffs and then it's anyone's game, really. And to be fair, having a player with the, the experience that Brady has in the playoffs could be invaluable. We talk about people like Lamar Jackson, who doesn't have a single playoff win, and yet is ranked as maybe the second or at least top five quarterback in the league at the moment, that, that um, playoff experience is invaluable. Uh, for me, yeah, I think winning that division will be tough. We spoke about how that's one of the most exciting divisions to watch. Yeah. We'll obviously go up against Teddy Bridgewater as part of this um, quartet. Um, so winning that division will be a really good achievement. And yeah, a good run in the playoffs as well. I've actually forgotten when we talked about that division and how exciting that division was. I forget we get to, I forgot we get to see Tom Brady against Drew Brees twice a year and against Matt Ryan twice a year. Um, that's exciting for at least the next year or two. Yeah, some legendary quarterbacks there. Some legendary quarterbacks. Incredibly high passing completion. We could see some very, very high scoring games in that division. And I think if Tampa becomes second in that division behind the Saints, which is um, how you had it falling, I had them in third, but if they came second in that division, that should be enough to carry them through to the playoffs. And then Tom Brady in the playoffs, I mean, no one, literally nobody has more experience of him in those kind of games. Um, and I think if you had him up against kind of winners of other divisions, whether it's Dallas or Philadelphia, whether it's Green Bay, who he's beaten out so many times on Minnesota, or whether it's some just or Seattle, there's no team that once I got Brady in the playoffs against the NFC, I wouldn't think there's a chance they could win this. So I think Tampa fans, obviously, a bit premature to go, you know, we're going to Super Bowl despite having not been to the playoffs for so many years. But there is a lot to be excited about there. Um, and this whole carousel has been exciting to watch. So, so having talked about Tom Brady, obviously one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the division, we're now going to talk about our top 10 quarterbacks on rookie deals. Not rookie quarterbacks, but quarterbacks on rookie deals. Now, some players within the same draft class, as players we're talking about, have already signed deals. 
Um, but we're going to talk about the ones that are currently on rookie contracts still. Um, and we're going to rank them kind of one to 10. And then we've got some honorable mentions at the end as well. If you want to take a pick each, Tom, so you want to start with your number one, and then we'll see how we're falling as we go down the rankings. Yeah, I thought this is a really good thing, a really fun thing to do, I think, because these sort of teams are saving a lot of money by having these players on rookie deals. And so that's why it's quite exciting to look at these, firstly, these players, and then their team as a whole, uh, whether they can succeed. And obviously, we're going to start number one because it's a pretty obvious choice as the number one quarterback on a rookie deal still. It's got to be Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, league MVP two years ago, Super Bowl winner last year. He's almost already had a, a, like a career to remember in only three years in the league. And they're talking about him when he does get paid. We talk about this getting paid as the first deal after your rookie deal. When he does get paid, he'll break all sort of records. And he just has to be the number one quarterback on the rookie deal at the moment by far. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing about his game that screams rookie contract. And you're right, actually. If you would give most players or, or hundreds of quarterbacks a play in the NFL, so would you have taken one Super Bowl and a league MVP, they just snapped your hand off. To have done that within three years of his career, um, there is absolutely no limit to where Patrick Mahomes could go. Um, so he's kind of undoubtedly, uh, I think there are... Oh, uh, just, to, just to clarify, the... the category for these rankings yeah. so this is what we're basing these decisions on so talent obviously Mahomes the most talented quarterback in the league on any sort of list I'd say uh, the chances of succeeding next year so Mahomes still being on this rookie deal has enabled the Chiefs to put together this incredible roster to complement him their offense is ridiculous they have 20 out of 22 Super Bowl starters coming back next year and they complemented it even further with running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round of the draft, a running back to add to the weapons that Mahomes has to use. And then we have value, so sort of where they were drafted, that could definitely play into where they fall on our, our ranking. Yep, and surely, I mean, obviously it's still first round, but surely that helps Mahomes' case even further, the fact he actually went in the 10th pick yeah. um, of the draft in 2017. Nine players were classed more valuable to the teams ahead of them, uh, meaning it fell as far as the Chiefs after they traded with Buffalo for that 10th pick. Um, so I'll move us on to number two, I guess. And we talked about New England being the team we never really bothered about watching, even when they were one of the strongest in the league. The team we did watch every single week last year was Lamar Jackson's Baltimore Ravens. And we both got Lamar Jackson in here at two. One of the most exhilarating, exciting um, quarterbacks to watch in the league different things he was doing every single week. You couldn't predict it. It must have been so much fun to coach. Uh, actually, I wish they'd gone further. And I think Jackson here, as the fifth quarterback picked in his class, as a quarterback who was asked if he wanted to try out as a wide receiver, um, we're talking about value here, talent, undoubtedly number two in this list. Yeah, no, undoubtedly, as you say, he literally ticks all the boxes. Action Jackson, doesn't he? And if you're thinking about chances of succeeding next year, they've got every chance. We spoke about our favourite teams in the AFC and the Baltimore Ravens are definitely up there. And they've increased their, the standard of their squad massively. They've added J.K. Dobbins, the running back, into the backfield, some people's best running back in the draft. So another weapon for Lamar Jackson 
to sort of use. He's incredible. And yeah. he's and so picked with the 32nd pick of the yeah, draft. He, he had a bit of an Aaron Rodgers moment, didn't he? Because obviously there were these five quarterbacks, all of which we're going to talk about. Actually, we're not going to talk about Josh Rosen because his career doesn't even quite make this top list. But there were five quarterbacks that were touted in this draft as being kind of the most talented quarterback draft for, for a long time. And he was the last pick to pick number 32. We watched him just sit at that table um, a brilliant suit, I think I remember. A very shiny it's suit. Really, for, yeah. um, and, he's, and he said, I want to win Super Bowls. And for a long period last season, it looked like that's what he was going to do. Um, I still think he has potential to do that. So for value, for talent, for chance of succeeding next year, yep, Jackson takes all those boxes. It wasn't even actually, the Ravens' first first-round pick. They took a tight end, Hayden yeah. Hurd, before him. Yep. Um, in terms of those three categories, actually, there's only talent, you could say, that puts Mahomes ahead of him. Chance of succeeding yeah. next year and value, he's absolutely up there. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to our third pick, this is the last one where we're both in the same position. Before that, after that, we'll get a bit more debatable, I think. But Tom, you've got number three, I, like, like I do, uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, no, absolutely. He sort of, he was in, drafted in the same class as Patrick Mahomes, just two picks later. And he's really lit up the league in, in a really quite... They we can't really say a poor Houston team because they've got to the playoffs, but he's got no protection. He's running for his life. And last season, running for his life, he managed to throw for 34 touchdowns. So yeah. his talent is undoubtedly up there. He won the national championship with Clemson whilst he was at college. So it sort of shows that he's a winner, shows the sort of talent he was coming out of that, um, coming into the draft, into the pros. The only thing hindering him and holding him back are the chances of succeeding next year. The Texans, we've sort of laughed at as one of the, the worst-run teams in the NFL at the moment, trading away the likes of Jadavian Clown. Jadavian Clown, is that what's, is that? Yeah, yeah, Jadavian Clown. Yeah. And, um, and, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. So, and if you think two years ago, the four best Texans were Watson, J.J. Watt, Clowney, and Hopkins, and half of them have gone. You wonder what sort of position the Houston Texans are in at the moment. They've accumulated draft picks. They've obviously brought in Laramie Tunsil as their right left tackle. So hopefully he can give Watts a little bit more protection. But their chances of succeeding next year, nowhere near that of the Baltimore Ravens or the Chiefs. But Watson is up there with the talent. Yeah, I agree. Chance of succeeding next year doesn't limit him. But chance of succeeding long term, if they saw out that roster, I think, in the AFC South, where the Titans have got Tannehill, who I still don't think has fully proved himself, despite having kind of a, a good end of the season, a great run to the playoffs last year. The Colts, Philip Rivers, that's not a long-term solution. And Jacksonville, obviously, a complete mess, as they have been for a while. So he has a genuine chance to start dominating that division um, if they give him the weapons, if they give him the protection that uh, he deserves as a player. And I really enjoy watching him play, um, and I'm gutted for him. Did you did, I don't know if you saw Tom that when uh, the Texans was on Jamal Adams' list of places to go, people were saying maybe he'll just trade away Watson. Uh, <laughs> Jamal Adams, who needs, a call, who needs a quarterback? We've got this really nice Jamal Adams we can have. Honestly, uh, you wouldn't put it past the Texans. That was a genuine suggestion by a few media sources. Yeah, no, you wouldn't put it past the Texans to do something like that. There was a lot of rumours about Deshaun Watson going to the, um, to the Patriots, which yeah, I yeah, well, like yeah. to see. That would have been a very Bill Belichick thing to do. That would have been, oh, that would have been something. That would have been something. But the one, one play of Sean Watson, if you want to sum up his talent, and we talk about playoff calibre, is that play against the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs last year when literally he bounced off two Buffalo Bills tacklers, 
somehow managed to wriggle three on fourth or third down, definitely needed a conversion and lobs it down the pitch for a first down. Oh, it was insane. And I still watch it. Like I could watch it now and I would still not believe how he's got out. No, no, it was an unbelievable play. And now we get to fourth spot. We've got a bit of controversy here. I can see both our picks on the page, obviously. Um, I know how strongly Tom feels about his. I know how emotionally <laughs> mine has been driven. But, Tom, you are start by justifying yours. You've put Kyna Murray, a personal favourite of yours, a guy you've watched lots of video of. I know we both like the Cardinals going into next year and following last year. You've got Kyna Murray as number four. Kyna Murray is the number four quarterback still on his rookie deal undoubtedly especially by our three sort of grading systems talent he is insane number one pick overall for a reason genuine dual threat but also he's one of the best passers of the ball he's got an unbelievable arm considering he's only five foot nine and a half he's absolutely lightning as well he's so good and the chance of succeeding next year yes it's a tough division we've spoken about it but they've really assembled a really good roster for him he's got obviously DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake in his backfield. I think this is undoubtedly the number four pick. I've said undoubted so many times. I can't believe that you're arguing. No, no, I, I see it. I see it. Uh, I like him. Um, I'm excited for him after only one year in the division. But my guy number four is Sam Darnold. Now, hear me out. Obviously, fans <laughs> of the show will know my Jets allegiance, but... And bear in mind also, I made these picks before looking down at Tom's categories, but I'm going to justify it still. Sam Darnold was the most polished, was the best quarterback out of that draft in 2018, in my opinion. And he has had one of the hardest rides since coming to the division, both in terms of through injury and in terms of having no real talent and no protection on that Jets team. So in terms of value, I don't mind him being valuable, picked a number three in that draft. Now, chance of succeeding next year, Kyler has got the Seahawks. The 49ers and the Rams, three extremely strong teams. Kyle have a season twice as good as he had this year and still finished third or fourth in that division. Sam Darnold has the Bills, he has the uh, Miami Dolphins, and obviously he's got the new look New England Patriots. But I think there's still a genuine chance in that division because it is so open in the way that I don't really feel like the NFC West is. So in terms of talent, talked about value and chance of season next year, Sam Donald, obviously, he needs some more protection. He needs Le'Veon Bell to step up. Um, but I've still got him there at number four because I think he will have one good year uh, and then be on a very, very big contract. But I can see that's controversial. Not as controversial as your fifth pick, Tom. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, what I'm, about, about your fifth pick, I'm not surprised you've had Drew Locke higher than me. It's the fact you've got him higher than the quarterbacks below him. So try and justify Drew Locke at five, Tom. Drew Locke ticks all the boxes. So he's all we've already said. We've already laughed, and I do laugh about it, because it, I'm, I'm hotter on Drew Locke than anyone else, literally, yeah. in the world, it seems. No one else can see what I can see. <laughs> he has the, the best weapons available to him, almost in this whole list, except for maybe Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. He is the most insane wide receiver core and running back group in Denver, and also an incredible defense to back it up. So in terms of chances of succeeding next year, the Denver Broncos are ready to go. They are ready to win next year. And he's proven to us that he has the talent. He went in, won four of the five games that he played. You can't ask for much more. I forget, his only defeat, wasn't it, to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Yeah. So you can't ask for much more in terms of talent. He's got a good arm. And he, in terms of value, he was drafted with the 42nd pick, which meant that they could go out and get people like Noah Fant in the first round, a tight end 
who is an absolute machine, another weapon for Locke. I would, yeah, maybe on the face of it, he's not as talented as the likes of Sam Darnold, who you obviously had at four. But I think he's actually, in his only five games, he's actually shown us more of what the Broncos could achieve going forward than Darnold has for the Jets. Right. I, mean, I, I hear it. <laughs> like your, your excitement is, um, is unrivaled, uh, I think, in the NFL community and community of fans. Oh, and Jerry G. Look, if, this goes well, if this goes well for you, you'll be completely unique. If it hasn't, I will spend good time cutting up these clips <laughs> and uh, put them to a lovely little highlight reel. For me, number five has to be Josh Allen. I've been so impressed with Josh Allen. When you look at value, for me, what more could he have done? He's taken the bills from a perennial losing organisation who hadn't made the playoffs ever or hadn't made it for 20 years, I think, um, into the kind of number one favourites to win this division amongst the Jets who've added talent in that time, Miami who have tried to add talent in that time, amongst the Patriots who, yes, they've come downhill a bit, but have still won Super Bowls while he's been at the Bills. What more could he have done for the Bills in that period? I think he's surprised a lot of people with his, his mobility, his agility, his... Uh, past completion, his leadership abilities. Josh Allen, I think, has kind of easily got the value the value category. The talent, he's still got a huge amount to learn, but he's surpassed every expectation there. And chance of succeeding next year? Well, he's the first one in this list other than, okay, he's the first one outside those top three of Mahomes, Jackson and Watson, who we think, yeah, he's definitely going to win his division. We both backed that team to win their division. So for me, Josh Allen in those categories, it is arguably should have been four ahead of Sam Darnold, but the talent thing let him down slightly there. I think Sam Donald's got a higher ceiling than Josh Allen. But Josh Allen, for me, is certainly there at five. And now talking about six, that's where I've got Kyler Murray. Um, I might as well move on to that. Kyler Murray, I completely agree with you. It's only one season, which is why I think he came slightly lower down for me. And the fact that his division is going to be so tough. But I completely agree with all your points about Kyler Murray. I'd love to see the Cardinals succeed next year. Um, but that's your, Alan, you then got Allen at six, haven't you? Yeah, no, and I, I agree with everything you said about Josh Allen and more. I think the potential for Josh Allen is massive with the Bills and the chance of them succeeding next year are huge. We talked about the sort of relative weakness of the division now that we're not really too sure about what's going to happen with the Patriots. The stuff I've been impressed with Josh Allen is, as you say, like no one really saw it coming. So yes, he was taken with the fifth pick of the draft, but the Bills were sort of not really a talked about team at all. They did make the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor the year before he was drafted, but they didn't really have a direction. And Sean McDermott, the coach, has been brilliant, actually, in assembling a really strong roster. And here's a fun fact for you, or an interesting fact. Josh Allen was the only quarterback last year, or the only starting quarterback, not to have a completion for a touchdown over 35 yards. And we talk about how his big arm strength is his greatest weapon. He hasn't even been able to unleash it yet because the Bills haven't had a deep threat. And now they've got Stefan Diggs. He can really let loose over the top. So, you know, Josh Allen, I could concede in my list, could go above Drew Locke at number five. But you know I'm hot on Drew Locke. I've got, I've got to stick him up there. And yet, Kyler, I mean, he gets into everyone's top six. So moving on to number seven. And we actually both have, a, have an agreement here. And I'm interested. Yeah. To hear what you think about this, this, this young man at number seven, Will, because you I have think, criticised Baker Mayfield heavily. I have criticised Baker Mayfield heavily, and I think on a list of one to ten, seven as a number couldn't better summarise <laughs> Baker Mayfield and 
where the organization of the Cleveland Browns is right now. So seven in the sense that when he joined, they had pretty much lost 32 consecutive games effectively. Um, and they were absolute turmoil. They now are not that organization. So, okay, so he's gone from 10 to a seven. Do they have the potential to go to the Super Bowl? No. So that's not a one, two, three, but could make Baker Mayfield be taking them further than he has currently? Yes. So with the weapons they've got, the defense, the, the protection they've given him, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., I think he should be taking that organization from what in this list would be a seven to more like a, a three or four, effectively playoffs. The Browns need to be making the playoffs next year um, in the division with the Bengals, the Steelers, and obviously the Ravens are a very strong team. They should be looking to at least come second in that division and make the playoffs. Baker Mayfield, as a personality, I have not liked. I know Tom's kind of been a fan of his arrogance. I found it infuriating, but I think he has matured over the last two, three years. And obviously, he wouldn't take a huge amount to have matured, but based on where he came from. But I do think he's matured. I do think he's a leader. I do think he actually is liked by his teammates. Um, and honestly, if he's liked by his teammates, what does it matter what I think of him? Um, I think he now has to take that next step. And I think you'd agree um, to move the Browns from a failure organization to a not, I couldn't say steady because there's still been enough stories over the last year to cause to, to call them an organization in turmoil with the coaching changes and with the whole Mason Rudolph incident. But ignoring that, to take them from a failing to a solid to now a playoff organization, that's what he's got to do over the next year, at least minimum two, maximum two years. Um, so I think that's why I've got my seven. And I think you're probably about the same in terms of where you think he can take them. Yeah. Um, so it's, obviously this list is, is players on rookie deals. And all the people above him will be talking about their first pro contracts um, going in, not next year for Kyler, but in the next couple of years. And they're all guaranteed almost at their franchises. Baker now is sort of playing for his next deal. There's yeah. real pressure on him. They brought in a new coach, Stefanski, and they brought in a new general manager. They're not going anywhere. Okay, like they're, they're in, they're locked in. The pressure is now on Baker to make the most of the incredible weapons that he has at his disposal. Arguably the best two, best wide receiver combo in the league. Arguably, well, definitely I'd say the best running back yeah. combo in the league. They've strengthened the offensive line. They brought in Wirfs from Alabama with their first pick in the draft. And now pressure is really on Baker. I agree with you. Questionable moments in his career thus far but undoubtedly a leader, undoubtedly a motivated guy who wants to win. <laughs> Interesting enough, the Browns would have been a place that I would have loved Cam Newton to go. Like, this would have been really yeah. exciting. And yeah, I, thought, I think maybe had, um, had John Dorsey been still the GM, I think they would have definitely gone for it because they just love bringing in the names. But he would have been interesting sort of sitting behind Baker because any mistake, everyone would have been calling for Cam. And then yeah. Cam with those weapons would have been mental. So I'd have loved to see Cam at Cleveland. But yeah, Baker at seven makes, makes sense to me. Makes a lot of sense. And now, moving on to eight, now we're in a bit of a, Ooh, a kind of back-to-front ordering here. I've got Mitch Trubisky at eight. Now, Mitch Trubisky, in terms of value, if we go back to our rankings, horrendous. Um, because he was pick number two uh, in a draft with uh, Patrick Mahomes, with Deshaun Watson, um, so that one's very difficult to justify. Chances of succeeding next year, well, I still think that division's open enough. Obviously, he's now got Nick Foles to compete with, um, so he's got to get starts first um, and then try and compete in that division. But he does have some good players in that lineup. I do like the coach. In terms of talent, 
it's very hard to, to judge off of his years. I mean, two years ago when he took the Chicago Bears to the playoffs and the minute to go, they were beating the Eagles, ironically the Nick Foles-led Eagles, and obviously then lost 16-15 in that playoff game, gussingly for him. That was when he was in his best form. He had a really poor year last year where just nothing went there. But I think we looked at one point, wasn't he? He was like, it was almost like the 64th ranked quarterback or something. It was horrendous. Those was like actual stats. He was far below the top 32, which included lots of backups. So, Mr. had a terrible year last year. But I think for me, it'd be very harsh to have him lower than eight in this list. Um, but you've put Daniel Jones at eight. Yeah, there's no way. So, we've got the quarterbacks we've got left, the Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky. Um, I've got Donald, you've got Luck. But the two that we haven't spoken about are Jones and Trubisky. There's no way that you can put Mitch Trubisky above Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has had a great year for the Giants. He got absolutely ridiculed when he was taken at number six. And actually, he's shown real character to back up Eli Manning and then come in and sort of replace a, yeah, a Hall of Famer. He's got talent, clearly, and way more talent than I think people gave him credit for. Everyone said he had this weak arm. But he's actually impressed people with his ability to throw the ball and to move with his feet. The only thing is the Giants' chances of winning next year is so, un- is so unknown because we never know how well the Giants are going to do. How well can Daniel Jones team up with the likes of Saquon Barkley? He made a real good connection with other rookie wide receivers. And so maybe going forward, he'll be able to develop that as well as the sort of other weapons that the Giants have available. Mitch Trubisky, for me, he, he can't. Oh, I don't even know if he gets in the top 10. He's not even going to be a starting quarterback. I'd argue the likes of Gardner Minshew from Jacksonville would be better placed in this top 10. He's, he's taken with 170. He's in the sixth round, for goodness sake. And he's coming in and had an absolute stunning rookie, rookie um, season last year. What can he do with Jacksonville? He's been handed the reins. Who knows what he'll be able to do? Mitch Trubisky, he might not even play a single snap next year. I don't know how you okay, can... Well, a lot of accusations here. Yes, if we're going to start bringing Minshew into the debate, value 178 pick versus two, it, it's, <laughs> it's not a question. Uh, you know, Tom Brady was picked 199. So value can definitely be found deep. That Prescott picked up in the fourth round. Um, chance of succeeding next year, though, Minshew is not in this debate. And for me, yeah. nor is Daniel Jones because of the team he has and because of the strengths in that division, I had the Giants finishing a very solid fourth in that division. Some stats from Daniel Jones last year, this kind of incredible season. He had 24 touchdowns, but also 12 interceptions. Um, most losses of any rookie quarterback, nine. Um, but then he had some good passing. I mean, he had an okay season, but it's very hard to judge in a, in a, in a bad team. I'll give, you, I'll give you that. But in terms of chances of succeeding next year, in terms of value, um, I don't have him up there with Daniel Jones. So he's, for me... Falling in at nine. Uh, you've got Sam Donald at nine. You got a word on Donald? He's, the Jets are rubbish. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. The Jets are rubbish. Uh, and I've got Drew Locke at 10 for me because I just don't buy Tom's hype. And I think the more Tom hypes it up, the more I want to be the opposite to create this kind of hilarious, hopeful discussion we have to have after every Broncos game next year when uh, either well, one of us will get proven wrong because neither of us, there's no way our opinions on Drew Locke can both coming aside so that'll be fascinating some honorable mentions you've got you wanted to mention the two quarterbacks you see for the future from this draft Tua and Joe Burrow yeah no absolutely and 
we, we said they couldn't really get into the top 10 because we, we don't know what's, what they're going to do or how they're going to do, especially the like, like Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy winner, um, going to Cincinnati, who are a terrible team. It's, it's going to be a real test for him to see what he can do. But he is really talented. If you watch any sort of highlights from LSU last year, they were incredible. And so much of it was down to Joe Burrow. And Tua had this incredible high school and college career and really, had he not got injured, could have gone number one overall. So he's really exciting to watch. And those two, I think, I mean, for me, if you were talking about talent, they'd definitely get into the top 10. But we obviously don't know what their chances succeed next year. They're definitely some honourable mentions, but we just yeah. don't know. I agree. I think Miami are going to be better. I think Borough will struggle with Cincinnati and they still need probably one more draft. Um, and they come into a division with, obviously, the well-established Steelers, the Browns of all that talent on their roster that Bengals can even dream of, and then the Ravens. So it's very tough for Joe Burrow. We talk about always tough places for young top-choice quarterbacks to come into. There's none tougher than Cincinnati uh, right now. Obviously, we also mentioned Herbert. Um, and Haskins, I'm excited about. I think with Ron Riviera, I think he could really um, turn around what wasn't a great start to his NFL career last year. Um, but I think he's got a chance of a new coach to to turn that around. That list will be interesting to look at, not just at the end of next season, but following that, looking at the kind of deals these guys pick up when they do first sign their contracts. Obviously, as you said, it'll be a bit longer for the likes of Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, than it will be for the mega contracts we expect to see Patrick Mahomes and then after him, uh, Lamar Jackson pick up. But uh, I think it's an interesting list. There are obviously some very contrasting opinions. How good is Sam Darnold? How good is Drew Locke? How good is Daniel Jones? These are the ones we're going to watch out for over next year. Um, and that kind of brings our show to an end to. I think it's been a really interesting discussion about that, talking about a lot of young quarterbacks, a lot of experienced quarterbacks, quarterbacks got to prove themselves. It has been a very quarterback-heavy show, but so is the league and so is discussion and so is what decides who wins games, as we've said uh, many times. Yeah, no, definitely. We have almost completely spoken about the quarterbacks this show, but as you say, it's where all the action happens half the time anyway. So it's yeah. definitely worth mentioning. You can probably have... The strongest roster in the NFL. Um, if your first choice quarterback gets injured, you're in a lot of trouble. Uh, and likewise, you could say that teams of not great uh, rosters, but with all-star quarterbacks, can take themselves to the playoffs. So they do matter a lot. But obviously, they're not the only player on a roster of over 50 players. So maybe we'll talk, about... we'll talk about our favorite offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about our favorite right guard top 10 uh, tune in for that next week I don't even uh, know there are 10 fullbacks in the league like <laughs> yeah Tom for you punting wise <laughs> I don't know best punter in the league. Talk about punters. Uh, uh, that, that, that would be funny so yeah quarterbacks is where the drama is at quarterbacks is the big contracts that get discussed a lot but you know last week we discussed Jim Adams a lot of safety uh, so we do talk about more than just that but anyway that probably brings our show to an end this week hope you've enjoyed listening to it we'll be back next week I'm sure with some more news each week things have happened that we haven't even been able to call the week before uh, which is what makes this show so exciting so we hope you're enjoying it uh, and we'll see you next week Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep. <laughs>